latest happenings on the diamond. Still getting on base a lot with walks. We have not seen the power um, as much as we have, but he's having really good at bat. To all the insight and expertise on things outside the ballpark. I mean, yeah, a charcuterie board is just like, you know, peak bougie. Let's just be honest, right? Like, if you really think about the concepts, like, you're just throwing some meat and cheese on a, on a plate. We only turn to one person. Batter up. It's Sophia Minnert on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group's exclusive best used car selection of over 600 of your favorite cars, trucks, and SUVs. Visit any of their eight locations or shop online at ewaldauto.com. Ewald Automotive, where we make it easy. Let's get right to it with Sophia Minnert. Can't think of a better day to have her on the program. Good morning, Sophia. How you doing? Hi, uh, doing all right. How are you guys doing? Well, we've been talking about the Brewers an awful lot this morning. To me, it was like the perfect storm of suck yesterday when it comes to being a Brewers fan because you're reeling from the hater trade. Devin Williams steps in front of his locker and makes some comments that people were led to interpret as, oh no, they've lost the clubhouse. You lose to the Pirates, and oh, by the way, you didn't get a bat at the trade deadline. So it kind of felt like one of these days where Brewers fans were just, they were big mad. So let's go to the Devin Williams thing, because I think people were interested in hearing what he had to say. Do his comments indicate to you that this clubhouse is now lost as a reaction to the hater trade? No. I think people need to understand that, um, look, it's it's an emotional day. And, and yesterday was the first time that, you know, the team was back together. You know, like the, the team was off on Monday when we all got the news about the trade with Josh and, you know, Josh left Pittsburgh later that night to get to San Diego. Um, and this was the first time that the team was, you know, together in the clubhouse again. And, and the reality is, is everyone is still processing this news. Um, and Devin is one of the people that is most affected by this. Um, and I think, you know, everyone is still processing and, and feeling different things and, and, it's, it's an emotional day. Like it's just, it's a lot for everyone to absorb um, for just what Josh means to the team. Um, obviously as a closer, as an all-star, but also recognizing he's been in the organization since 2015 um, for the majority of these players, they don't really know anything else, but Josh Hader at the end of games, you know, um, and just the, the number of games that he has helped this team win. So um, no, I don't think it's indicative of what overall the clubhouse is feeling, but I do think it's fair to say that everyone is, you know, just absorbing and, and processing and, and working through stuff. And, you know, the reality is like that's the, the beauty of baseball. There's a game that night. There's going to be a game tonight. Um, and there's going to be a lot more games, you know, oh, two months left of baseball left. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, they were – it was just a lot to process for everyone. Sophia, was there a player out there they were trying to land but just couldn't get it done? Yeah, I mean, David Stern said as much. They're not going to get into specifics of who they were pursuing. Um, but when we spoke to David after the trade deadline had passed just before the game started, um, you know, he, he did say he was a little surprised at some of the players just across the league who, you know, I think people were going to be moved that didn't ultimately end up being moved and you know David said that they were very active um, they had a lot of ongoing conversations they 
pursued different things um, and things just didn't get across the finish line. And that's also something that happens in, in the trade deadline. Um, it's, you know, you, you need a dance partner <laughs> to pull, to pull off some of these moves. And, and he said, you know, too, it's just, we don't know, you know, ultimately what other organizations, what goes into their making, but David said, you know, every organization has a threshold. And if that threshold isn't met, they decide to hold on to their players. Um, and, and sometimes that surprises you, and, and sometimes the deal comes through. So, you know, they're they're not going to get into specifics of who they were pursuing, but, um, you know, David did say that they were very active and just ultimately couldn't get anything done. But when I look around, Sophia, and maybe they were pursuing somebody who didn't move, that we all thought would move, you know, and ultimately didn't go anywhere and stayed put. But I look around, and other than Juan Soto, I didn't see any bat that moved yesterday that would drastically improve the Brewers' chances in 2022. Did you? Yeah, look, Soto was obviously the the big piece there, um, and and yeah, I think you're right. It's like it's not just the players that weren't moved. It's also you don't know the players that were moved to other teams that maybe they just didn't align on. Um, that's also part of it. Sometimes you don't align on what the needs are. So you know, ultimately, it just didn't come together. Um, Soto was obviously the huge piece in the industry. We we might not see another trade deadline, trade acquisition of that caliber for a really long time. Um, just, you know, a franchise perennial player like that. So, yeah, I, I you know, aside from that move, um, I, I didn't really see any other really significant position player moves. Sophia Minert joining Jen, Gabe, and Chewy as she does each and every Wednesday during the baseball season. Sophia, I really like the message that Craig Council put out there, right? This is a team that has been very successful over the last four years, a perennial playoff team at this point. And he said, I think we've learned over the years that David Stearns is a pretty good guy to help us get to where we want, which is, of course, the World Series. Why do you think that the Mm -hmm. fan base is now turning on the franchise? Is it because they feel like Mark Adonazio isn't willing to spend money? He's more concerned about the bottom line and making money because it's an investment and it's a business or do they think that Stearns really didn't go out there and do his due diligence or that is it just simply that they traded Josh Hader he's a fan favorite he they think gives him a better chance to win the World Series or at least get to the World Series than not having Josh Hader and you know there's just a lot of frustration going around what do you think is the is the crux of why people are so angry about this I I mean I think it primarily it's it's probably the Hader news right I think that's just probably the most surprising part for fans and maybe not necessarily just the fact that they traded him, but I think probably the timing, you know, that it, it came here at the deadline, a first place team, um, you know, even just swapping closers between two teams, let alone the top two closers in the national league. Um, it's, it's unique. It's, it's something we have not seen happen in the league in a long time. Um, and, you know, again, just Josh's track record and what he has meant. And we've talked about since the start of the season and even going back to last year, and you get to dial it back even a couple of years, right? Like the bullpen and having Josh Hader and having a closer like that, um, that is pitching is the strength of this team. And so I think fans struggle with, first of all, change. Um, and I, which I understand it's, it's a massive change. Um, I, I totally understand when you lose a player that is an elite performer, is a fan favorite, is beloved in the clubhouse, has 
given the city so many incredible memories, right, and postseason runs and all of that. Um, I, I totally understand how hurt they feel by that. Um, and I also think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the timing of it, of like, why now? Um, does this help us? Does this make the team better? You know, maybe they don't know the other pieces they, that they got back in the trade as well. We'll see how this pans out in the next couple of months. Obviously, David and Craig and, and the staff, they all feel that they got really good quality major league arms with experience. They got a great closer back. Um, in, in Taylor Rogers, um, who, by the way, has been just as good as Josh Hader in the first half of the season. Struggled lately, but that happens. So I, I, I do think it, it can be a combination of all of those things. I just think it's for the fan base, it's probably the timing of losing Josh Hader that's most surprising for them. So who slides into that role? Rogers for now, or is it they got to figure it out? Or Williams? Or Williams? It'll, be, it'll be matchups, yeah. I, I think, you know, that's what Craig said as much um, yesterday is it'll, you know, it'll be Devin at times. You know, yesterday, for example, um, if, if they were going to come back in the game, it was Devin warming up for the ninth. Um, Taylor Rogers obviously can be in there. Um, I, I think that's a really intriguing option for Craig, quite frankly, moving forward is you've got, you know, the right-handed option with Devin, who has obviously been lights out. Um and then you've got the lefty option with Taylor Rogers. So you can present different looks. Um, you add in Matt Bush, who the team got yesterday from the Texas Rangers, then Nelson Lamette, um, who they feel that they can get kind of back on track. Um, and and then, you know, what that does to help line up Brad Boxberger and maybe some pressure off of him as well and, and the other options that you have there in the bullpen. So I think, again, they feel really confident in the choices that they have. Um, and I think, you know, we're all going to have to get used to, like, it, it may look different night to night, um, and it may not be the clean formula of Boxberger, William Pater, um, that we've all seen for the first half of the season and, and even going back to last year. So um, it's going to be interesting, honestly, but I do think, like, if anyone, um, again, kind of pointing to David's track record, Craig's track record, this is where Craig excels, uh, making those decisions day in day out going with matchups um maximizing matchups in the bullpen like this is where craig is at his best sophia freddie peralta comes back tonight making the start for the brewers what are realistic expectations for him for the first few starts he makes i i mean i think that the timing couldn't be better for him to come back um he feels really strong uh he came back earlier i think what we all anticipated he's been out since the end of may um, he did have the two minor league rehab starts in Nashville. The last appearance for him on Friday was 52 pitches. Um, and they had said all along, you know, the goal was to get him multiple rehab appearances, get him up to 70, 75 pitches. So he's not too far off of that. Um, he may be on a shorter leash tonight, just understanding, you know, it's, it's a long layoff for him since pitching a major league game. Obviously, AAA is very different than, than pitching in a, in a major league game. So, he may be on a shorter leash tonight, but I think just getting him back, getting him healthy, um, slotting him back in the rotation, what that can mean for the group moving forward. And also just it's, it's Freddie, you know, he's um, got it. He just has such great energy, um, you know, just his smile back in the clubhouse, back in the dugout, what that does for guys, I think. Um, it's it's a great time to get Freddie Peralta back. All right, Sophia, before we let you go, 
You're going to have to pump the crowd up. You're going to have to give a motivational speech. Tell the Brewers fans out there why, (laughs) you know, there is still optimism surrounding this team. They are still a first place team. They can still make a playoff run. Like, tell the people out there who have basically, like, shut down and said the world is ending because of the hater trade and all the things that followed, that this is still a team worth investing in. No it, no, it absolutely is. I mean, first of all, they are still in first place. I would I would point to that always. Um, they are still in first place. They still have a, a, a great starting rotation. They've got really intriguing options in the bullpen. I mean, Devin Williams has been absolutely lights out with this streak of 30 consecutive scoreless appearances. Um, and, and I think it's honestly, it's going to be fun to watch how this plays out. Like there's, Two months left of baseball. Um, they're in a pennant race. They have a chance to do something really special. Um, you know, they're going to have seven more games against the St. Louis Cardinals. The next one's going to be next week. Um, you know, they still have a, they still have a really good chance to win the division and and get to the postseason and an expanded format, which is going to be fun for everyone. So, um, I do think you know, like hang in there. <laughs> I, I get that these are like tough moves to absorb, but. Um, it's still a first-place team, so I think there is still still a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Sophia, we appreciate you today and every day. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Have a great day.